0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Around the Table, the podcast for Redemption Women from Redemption Tempe Church in Tempe, Arizona. My name is Dina Rogers, and we're so glad to be back at the table. We took a little bit of a break this summer, um, but I'm here with a couple of my friends. So Lori, welcome back to the table.
1: Thanks. Good to be back. How's your summer going? Good. Good. Uh,
0: Busy, but I'm staying in the pool like I wanted to, so you got to the beach, right?
1: I got to the beach,
0: so that's all that matters.
1: Summer can be done now. Yeah. But we have another guest here with us today, Holly Pendleton, so not to be confused with Holly Butler or Holly Stewart or any of the other Hollies that seem to have gathered at Redemption Tempe. Holly, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Well, hi. Uh, It's great to be here, and I'm excited to be one of the Hollies (laughs) around the church these days. Um, It's great to be here with you. Yeah, great. Thanks for joining us.
0: Yeah, for sure. Holly, tell us a little bit about what you do um, in life and in Redemption Women.
2: Great. Uh, In life, I have a couple of hats that I wear, but I work primarily in a consulting firm and I'm a leader of a service line within the consulting firm, primarily working with uh, organizational leaders on as they transform their organization. I do a lot of work with the people side of change um, in, in organizations as well as executive coaching probably the best way to describe what I do. And with the Redemption Tempe, women, I have been involved really right from the beginning. I was pleased to get to know Dina in particular and Caitlin the year that we read the Bible together. We did the True Story Project Mm -hmm. was the year that I started. In fact, my first day at this church was the Sunday before the True Story Project kicked off. I didn't get to make it to many of the Wednesday night meetups, but I came to a couple, and that's where Dina and Caitlin and I had a chance to meet. And I was fairly new here. I've only been here now a little bit over five years in the Phoenix area and no community. My work is virtual or at my client sites, which are primarily not in Arizona. And so I work out of my home, and I I didn't have really a big source of community, and that's what I was excited about creating as part of uh, launching Redemption Women.
0: Yeah. I think maybe the first place we were introduced to each other was on the Facebook page for the True Story Project. Yes, I think so. And I always loved sort of checking in there because you seemed – you just had lots of great questions, and you're interested, and interested in the way I think Scripture – um, directs us in actual life. And then you started one of our very first open ID groups.
2: I did, I did. It was a great opportunity to say, when is it going to work for me to meet with people and where? And I started an ID group on Sunday nights because I thought it was the best chance that I would be in town. And over near where I live, I live in the Awatuki area, and we literally met at a hotel lobby. We still do during our seasons. There are 10 of us in this group and we closed it down after I guess the first really the first season that we had um, the ID groups and the women's ministry we really have been together ever since then so yeah. and two when you years. say
0: closed it down you don't mean you don't meet mm. you just are con- very closed. connected closed yeah a set, you, group. A yeah, set you're group a set group so mm-hmm. yeah very cool
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Well, we are so excited about the fall. Um, we're going to kick off with the book of Hebrews in mm-hmm. September. And one of the first questions we're going to ask th- during that first ID group question, um, first week of ID group questions is, um, how. tell us a little bit about your faith story. How did you come to know Jesus? And have a few women in your group that are comfortable talk about how the gospel, how the story of Jesus shapes their stories. Mm. So as we draw close to the fall, I, would, I think it would just be really fun for the, our podcast listeners to hear our faith stories. And so Holly, I was just, yeah I don't, I don't even know if I remember your whole story, but can you tell us about how you've gotten to know Jesus and then how knowing him shapes your story today?
2: That's a great question. I like, I would say many people in the church grew up in the church. Mm -hmm. Um, my parents, uh, came from faith oriented families, um, but my mother became a Christian when she was pregnant with me. We were a military family, so we moved around quite a bit and went to a variety of churches, but I, I, I was always in the church. We went every Sunday. We were very involved. I came to know the Lord. I accepted Christ when I was like four, you know, mm-hmm. one of those early stories. But I remember when I was thirteen, I had um, an opportunity through a youth group experience to rededicate my life to Christ. And I find it hard to answer this question because I didn't have the that that big moment when that change mm-hmm. happened, you know, in my heart. I've had these these bookmarks or milestones along the way. The one when I was 13 was certainly one of those. I had milestone experiences when I had a chance to be part of some um, uh, missions that I was involved in. And then through some some truly difficult things in my own life um, as an adult have further shaped my faith along the way. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's great. I think yeah, sometimes there's these storybook expressions of faith. Mm-hmm. I remember as a little girl thinking, oh, I wish my story was better. Right. Like, I wish it was more dramatic. Um, and then I remember sometime in high school thinking, the story that he's written in my life is still a good story. Mm-hmm. And the little, the people that have taught me about him and the experience that, experiences that I've had that have helped me know him more fully. Um, it's still a good story and it's still worth telling. Well, so. I think that's what as most parents I know
1: are praying that our kids don't have to have some really interesting, dramatic <laughs> <laughs> conversion story. We would all prefer that it was kind of like, oh, well, yeah, it just kind of happened, you yeah. know?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I know. But I think when you're when you're young and you hear the really cool stories, mm-hmm. you want one of those. Yeah. You
2: you do. And um, there was one of those milestones or bookmarks that I had in, in my adult life was, really a crisis of faith. Um, And what's funny about it, it was caused by the Da Vinci Code, the book. Oh no, oh gosh, yeah. (laughs) And why? Because I was reading the story and I could not respond to the concepts that were being introduced through a fictional tale. So it was a point of time in my young 30s when I got to say, what do I actually know in my heart? What do I actually believe compared Mm -hmm. to what have I been taught or told the thing that was really um, anchoring in the midst of all of that, even if even though I I, I referred to it as a crisis of faith, it really wasn't a crisis of faith. It was a crisis of what what is true and what is not Mm -hmm. Um, from a faith perspective. I knew that the experiences that I had had with God were real and no one could take those away, regardless of what I what I thought was true or not true and love like these were two anchoring things Mm -hmm. that really kept me grounded in the midst of um, asking a whole lot of questions about everything I thought I knew or believed. And it was really a rebuilding of my faith from that place forward.
0: Yeah. And honestly, I think that's such an important experience, especially for kids who grow up, like sort of believing all the way along because at some point it needs to become our own faith. I know that my kids have gone through – and. I I remember just thinking I don't want I don't want you to believe just because Dad and I believe it or just because your Sunday school teacher told you that I want you to own it and some way, sometimes the best way to own it is to have those questions and then come back around and of course my prayer is always Jesus at the end of their questioning at the end of their journey you be there <laughs> um, but yeah I think it kind of it solidifies your faith. I think I just heard that Tom Hanks played a
1: role in Holly's faith journey. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> he should in everyone's. <laughs> uh, okay. So knowing all of that, Holly, and seeing you grow in your faith and mature in your faith, how how do you um, how is Jesus shaping your faith today and how does he work um, in rest for you with you have a very busy career and a husband and a child and 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 so how do how does he work through that with you it's hard not to
2: talk about the enneagram when we talk about this i'm just going to put it in there <laughs> and dina's laughing because this has been a really powerful tool i'm an enneagram 3 and a lot of the resources will call that the performer or the achiever yeah and what does that mean it means that i can draw on a lot of the other um, characteristics of the other types for whatever's needed in the moment to achieve so basically if someone is saying holly is a rock star then i'm really happy and that, that's what i want to hear um, corporate american in, in u.s uh, really loves threes and um, eats them up and spits them out i had a i have a lot of responsibilities I'm responsible for acquiring new business. I'm responsible for being involved in recruiting our our people and making hiring decisions. I manage multiple client accounts and projects, project teams. And then I bill. um, I do work on multiple projects.
0: Yeah, you had to take some time away just to regroup.
2: It did. It, I did. So a year ago, um, I call it my, he maketh me lay down period
0: <laughs> from Psalm 23, from
2: Psalm 23. You know, I, that's exactly what happened. And, uh, I was sh- sharing my journals from that time and reflecting and looking back at it to get to a place of, um, where my body was so affected by mm-hmm. what had been going on, that it was both physical and mindset, um, I I got to a place where I, I was not able to work anymore and I had to stop.
0: So what happened? How did Jesus find you mm-hmm. there?
2: Well, he he took me there, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Um there was a lot of time on my knees leading up to that moment. It wasn't it wasn't there wasn't the aha, oh, I'm back at my faith now that I've been taken out. It was that was definitely part of the story all along. But what had been off really was my my mindset about work and I describe it as I had an inappropriate relationship with my work <laughs> um, and so to be be taken down and laid down and held down and held and restored was something that I so needed. In that moment, I realized I hadn't taken a full week of vacation in two years.
0: It's so easy for us to to be so committed to good work and good things that we miss Sabbath-keeping. In my mind, I think especially for Christian women who uh, who are committed to serving well and... Um, committed to to make even even the phrase all of life is all for jesus which we say a lot around here Mm -hmm. we forget that part of that includes sabbath and part of it includes rest so i love that um i love that picture of jesus holding you down um Mm -hmm. not in a not in a fight but in a hug in a hug and and talk like about that. yeah
2: yeah it's like when you swaddle a baby you know yeah. and that that sense of comfort, um, kind of to take it back to the gospel where do you see this in the gospels? Well, Jesus was going off to the mountains, he was going up to the hill, he was taking his his disciples up to pray, uh, and that there was a regular cadence of that. Yeah, you see it all the way back at the beginning of the story with you know he rested yeah. on the seventh day, and everything in between, there is a cycle where we're seeing the need for rest and Sabbath. Uh, I had not learned how to do that. And I had no margin in my life. I had no energy left. I was running on fumes for years and years. And I had to learn to really dial it back and make sure that um, there were periods of of being filled. And it really is like uh, I have like an infinity symbol in my mind of, if you're not being filled if you're not being filled by by the scripture and by God and by things that are restful you're never going to have the capacity to really be effective and productive on the other side and it just keeps cycling back and forth
1: so how is that affecting your work today then what what have you learned what are you applying and and where's Jesus in it mm, well Jesus is is Constant, <laughs> I would
2: say, um, a constant conversation. Prayer um, had a very important role for me over the last year, in learning to and being being held down and rested and restored. What I was learning to do was trust, um, and as and in trusting God, I learned that I could actually maintain some boundaries where I really didn't have a good sense of that before. So one way that it's showing up now is very powerful, and it sounds like this. No.
1: (laughs) Wow. How do you feel now that you said that?
2: (laughs) No is a great word. And I'm a yes and kind of girl. So Mm -hmm. to say no and to say no not ugly and not angrily, but Mm -hmm. no. Or um alternatively here's, here's another <laughs> approach there's different ways to say no but um, learning in the experimentation over the last year it was things like if I don't do this what's really going to happen what's 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 going to happen and letting go and um, allowing space to like I said experimenting and seeing that the world did not fall apart when I maintained some boundaries, and I took care to make sure I was being filled as much as I was exerting, and it brought me to where I am now. And wow. that's yeah. such
0: a great picture. I love the infinity symbol because how can we how can we give if we're depleted? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's so easy to think that self-care is being selfish when it's really not. We look at Jesus and the time that he got up early to pray and be with his Father. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, he was actually done with his work. Mm-hmm. And how often do we even say that we're done with our work? It's it's not just okay. It's following the example of Jesus to be filled up with God and who he is and take in creation and be rested and function as rested, filled up, servants, not depleted ones. I think um, what everybody just kind of heard was a ID
1: group discussion. So if you're not, um, haven't been in an ID group or intentional discipleship group, this was a plug, kind of, um, to be in one because it's a chance to get to know people as we um, just pour over scripture together and apply it and learn how to um, make that part of our everyday lives and encourage each other. Um, so coming up in September, we have our um, gather launch on September 18th. There's going to be a lot of information out about that. But before we close today, Holly has written a poem that um, as she was going through um, her circumstances last year, and she's offered to share that with us. So Holly, if you'd close us out with that, I'd appreciate it.
2: I I would love to. It was... It's amazing to me how when we are in a state of restoration, physically, emotionally, mentally, that this is where the creative nature within us really has space to be present. And um, our God is a creator and we are all creative beings and it was really a great experience to have God speak to me through words like this in that time of, of rest. And it's called Be Still. Be still, seek me, I am here. Be still, in the quiet is where you hear me. Be still, here you enter, into my kingdom come. Be still, lie down in this green pasture. Be still, find refreshment in the still waters. Be still, see my beautiful creatures surrounding you. Be still so I can wrap my arms around you be still and believe and receive like a watered garden be still stopping quietly and letting go completely be still and let life's current pass right by be still see my handiwork all around you be still find rest here I have the day before you be still notice the seeds in you peace joy and love be still this is who I am enter my presence be still I am here loving you and giving you love be still stop doing so you can see and know me be still know that you are loved and uh, and here i give you sleep for it is in the noticing seeing and hearing in the feeling and in the knowing being in my presence rested seated at my right hand and nourished that you will be filled with peace joy and love and know that i am god
0: thank you that was great i love how scripture i mean so obvious that you were immersed in Scripture and God led you to those words. That's who we are, Redemption Women. We gather around tables, we immerse ourselves in Scripture, and we disciple one another towards Jesus. So thanks for sharing with us today, Holly. We'll be back next time, and we look forward to being with you then.